and culture podcast i'm rosa and i'm delighted to be joined by hg cousins lauren and caroline for a special spurs women preview hi guys so good to see you again hey rosa hello hello good to see you um i first of all just to be uh, just to kind of say this first is that i don't think any women's football pod can really get started without first paying tribute to the spanish team and their courage in facing down their abusive, manipulative and gaslighting federation. So we're just going to take a moment to celebrate them, even as we know that this is one of just many, many battles being fought across the world of women's football. Um, last season was very much not fun for Spurs women. We nearly got relegated. We sacked our manager. We had about 20 players out injured. And we were only saved by Beth England's ridiculous goal-scoring form. So let's see if we have reasons to hope for much, much better this year. Shall we start with our brand new manager? Now, there was a bit of a wait for this one, wasn't there? We had, um, I feel like there was a couple of months where we were like, are we, is this happening? Are we getting a new manager? And then must have, must have been about two months ago now, we got Robert Villaharm from the Swedish side, BK Hacken. And he'd been with them, I think, a couple of years and got them into the Champions League. So um, that I feel like that's a pretty good, that feels like, as sad as I was that it wasn't a woman, it feels to me like that was a, that's the sort of manager we should be aiming for, I guess. Um we don't know an awful lot about him other than that. Um, actually, most of this, a lot of this pod is going to be sort of like a COVID conspiracy forum because we don't actually have a lot of evidence on which to base our musings. <laughs> but uh, we will we will plough onwards nonetheless. Um, I'm going to ask both of you how you, what your sort of initial reactions were to the Villaharm appointment and how you feel about him now. Um, Caroline, you first. Yeah, I think my initial reaction was just kind of like curiosity because I did not know anything about this man uh, prior to us appointing him. But since then, I feel like everything I've read and learned about him has made me feel pretty reassured that they they really made a good choice um, and someone who I think the team can kind of grow with because we know kind of the stated ambition has been that we want to be you know, contending for those Champions League qualification spots within a few years. Um, so, of course, it's good that we got in a manager who actually has experience managing in that competition. Um, so he knows what the standard is, essentially. Like, he's he's going to be able to uh, help with when it comes to recruiting players who are, like, at that level that we really are trying to get to. Um, and he also just seems like a very nice person, uh, which, which is reassuring because, you know, I think in the women's game, that's not always a given that managers are are kind to their players, um, <laughs> respectful. So I, I appreciate that about him. And I think it's also a good thing that he puts a lot of emphasis on youth development. Um, he actually runs his own academy in Uganda for, for players down there. So 
I think we've got some young talents that, you know, have kind of been, I think a little bit neglected in recent seasons, which was unfortunate. So I'm looking forward to them really getting a a chance to grow under him. And it's funny because I, I think some of the chatter I've seen around the league is that ourselves and also I think West Ham who appointed Rianne Skinner, you know, our preseason has kind of gotten a slow start because those appointments happened so late, but because of the world cup, it feels like this has been the longest summer ever. So I feel like he's been around for ages and I'm like, I don't know. I just, I already feel pretty comfortable with him in place. And especially after watching the fan forum as well, I feel like it's, it's been good vibes. Yeah, I totally agree. I think he's just, um, he's just presenting himself in exactly the right way, isn't he? And he's saying exactly the right things. I loved everything that he said at the fan forum and he almost, because from what we've kind of the, the stuff that we've heard from the club is obviously then they're trying not to kind of get ahead of themselves or they want us to not get ahead of ourselves either. But he seems actually very much like uh, Tottenham Hotspur is a big club. We're a world famous club and we should have a women's team to match that. And I really appreciate that ambition. And he seems to be like very clear what he was aiming for. And I also, and that was from the fan forum. And I also loved the interview that came out today where he was talking more about the style of play and without, you know, again, we always have this problem of, you know, you don't want to kind of refer everything back to the men's team. But it was actually a very similar way of talking about the game as Ange, really, where it's about, it's not, it's not, first of all, about the results. It's about getting the team to play in a way that we can be proud of, right? And and he said that he had, when he talked to the players, that obviously being in relegation battle was horrible, but it was also that they felt they didn't have an identity, and they didn't have a way of playing that they could really commit to and that that's what he wants to bring. So I just, I absolutely love that interview. Um, so I feel like I'm very, I'm very on board with him already. Um, what about you, Lauren? Yeah, I think when he, when he was first appointed to, to steal a line from the late Nicky Graham, I was very much like, who is he? Where did we find him? But um, I think the more I kind of read up, on on him his style of play his history what his kind of beliefs are I think it just became a case of oh wow this actually feels like a well thought out management choice because it it very at the beginning it was kind of like oh god like have we made a mistake here but I I think he's shown an understanding really quickly um about what it means to be a Spurs fan and and what we want to see um and I think he's stuck to that in every single interview or any, any platform that he's been given. He talks about, um, you know, how his management style will align with with, with Spurs and, and, and I think our cultures and, and beliefs. And I think his kind of um, experience, you know, I agree with, with managing um, a, a Champions League club. He'll be able to kind of bring that, you know, that... that next level that we need to get to I think about raising standards and also I think you know players like Blackstenius and I'm going to butcher her name but hopefully I don't written Canarid that's come that's come to Chelsea these are players who have come to play for top WSL teams that that have been coached recently under him so I'm also excited to think you know he's going to raise the level of the players that we have because it's not you know, a, a really bad squad. And I think that was a lot of the frustration last season. It's like, I know you guys can play better than this. Um, so hopefully, you know, that they'll be given the tools and the platforms to express themselves. And I think, you know, I think it is quite similar to, to Anne, just like the, the results don't necessarily 
you know, I'm not expecting us to win every single game at the beginning of the season, but if there's a path um, and a performance level and, and we can see the vision, then I think we'll, we'll get behind it. But I think he's been really positive. I agree that there are some really horrible people within women's football and he seems just like a, a nice guy who's also, I think, appreciative of the opportunity. You know, he's come from a Champions League club, but he still really values this job. Um, and he and he thinks it's really important. So I just hope he kind of, you know, gets off to a good start. You know, relieves a little bit of the pressure. I think outside of Spurs, people are looking at Dan and us very negatively because of last season. And it will be nice, I think, to show that we have a squad that that is more than than Beth England, and we have got some good footballers. So hopefully, we can play a style of football that that kind of shows that rather than praying we don't concede within the first ten minutes. Yeah, that'd definitely be a good start. Do we actually have any idea of the style that he wants to play? I mean, he talks, you know, he talks about playing like the Tottenham way. And in and in my mind, and I think from things that I've read, it is a sort of the classic kind of high pressing possession football, um, sort of fluid attacking football that we'd all like to see. Do either of you two have any more information than that? It's totally well, fine if you don't. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, the sad thing is that we we literally did not get to see any of the preseason games this year. Uh, none of them were available to stream. They were all behind closed doors, so local fans could not even be there to, to give us intel. But it sounds like, from what I can glean from like the match reports that the club released, that we were creating a lot of attacking opportunities. Um, it was kind of a, a matter of the finishing not being there, a lot of shots hitting the woodwork. So it sounds like we really are, you know, going for a more attacking style. Um, but it was also reassuring to me that we only conceded one goal throughout the entirety of preseason. So, I mean, last last year, it was just really frustrating to watch the defense go from being kind of strength in the prior season to being a real liability. So, and I think part of that comes with, you know, we had talked about, I, I know on my podcast many times last season that constantly being on the back foot and not kind of taking that initiative going forward was leading to some of those defensive issues, like just having way too much pressure on the back line and on the keeper. So that's, that's kind of what I'm looking to see in the first game, especially since we're playing Chelsea and that's obviously the most difficult opponent I would say in the league. Um, if it sounds like Robert really wants the team to still be, trying to have some control in the game and not just completely let it be dictated by the Chelsea opposition. So I think that's going to be a good indicator of, you know, are we really committed to playing a certain way, regardless of who the opponent is, which I think is, you know, like you said, what we've seen on the men's side, there are going to be some commonalities this year, I think. Yeah. And I think he struck a really good note actually in his interview. He sort of, he sounded kind of, confident but like sensible you know it's like we're not going to have it all our own way obviously but it was like just that sort of don't be scared you know they are Chelsea they're you know they are that is the most frightening game it's very horrible in my mind I'm sort of writing it off as just like belonging to pre-season but so but for me if we can just see sort of anything any sort of green shoots on that day I think it'll be enough yeah I, I think the, the thing I'm most excited for is that we're going to play the game in the opposition's half as much as possible. And I think we, the result probably of maybe not conceding so many goals in pre-season is because the ball wasn't too close to our goal um, to make those mistakes. So I think 
it's, it's hard because I urge anybody that's listening that's never watched the team before, we're playing Chelsea, please manage your expectations. But, you know, Bristol onwards, I think we'll see the style. But, um, you know, there's no point. You know, I would be really concerned, to be fair, if Robert was, was sat doing that interview that was released today, saying, yeah, we're going to take the game to Chelsea, we're going to beat them. Because I was like, OK, you don't know the league. Um, so, yeah, I think as long as we can see glimpses and we cause Chelsea a few problems, we've caused them problems in the past, but we've just not been able to sustain that. Um, then I think, you know, that that's enough to take from the first performance. Most teams don't beat Chelsea. Um away so you know if if the likes of Arsenal and, and City and United struggle to do it we're going to struggle to do that as well but I, I think uh, he gets that and yeah I'm, I'm just looking you know we haven't been able to watch in pre-season so I'm just looking forward to finally watching the team again to be honest. yeah it's really exciting actually so if we're going to talk about the team um, the squad sort of to my mind doesn't look I feel like a bigger change was from, I could be wrong about this and you guys will definitely correct me. It lo- it feels to me like there was more upheaval this time last year because I went through um, the transfer window and the sort of players out and the players in. And I think we did lose quite a few players this summer, but it was mostly ones who were not playing. So we didn't lose um, the Maver Clemerons or Josie Green or Rachel Williams even. You know, it was very much fringe players, really. Um, so I think that can only be helpful as well. How do you guys feel about the ones who've, I was going to say the ones we've lost, that's not really right. But it doesn't really feel to me like there's anybody to be kind of mourned necessarily on that side. How do you guys feel about that? Yeah, I think there's no. I think there are a couple for me. I think losing Timmy Corpola, I I did think we were going to have to make a goalkeeper change because if we want to push the level up, but I didn't. It's a shame that it had to be her. But it's it's not why I'm criticising Becky because I also think Becky's a good goalkeeper for Jamaica at the moment. It was a contract but, so thing yeah. with Tinny, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like it, that. That one's a bit bittersweet because. Um, you know, I think she did a very, very good job in a Spurs shirt. And my other big concern is is Kez Harrow. And that's not because I'm necessarily going to miss her on the pitch. We didn't replace her. So there's a big gaping mm. hole um, at left back because she retired and we haven't replaced her. And she caused us uh, a lot of problems. Obviously, you've, you know, at the, at the latter end of the career, her career, there are a lot of quick wingers in the WSL. But to not replace her um, is a big concern um, for me. But apart from that, I think, you know, the the, the ones that have left uh, are kind of, they're not surprising. Yeah, I was looking at, um, like, Kaya Simon was with us for two years, but I think she, but she was injured basically for half of that, wasn't she? Which is a real shame. Yeah, she had had her, her ACL injury, so we didn't see her basically at all last season. It happened so early. And I think most of the departures that we saw this summer were from the attacking contingent. And a lot of them really were like players who weren't featuring a ton, like Chioma Ubogagu as well. Mana Iwabuchi, you know, it was the end of her loan, but she's now retired. Um, and we've also had a couple of attackers go out on loan, which could 
kind of cause some issues down the line mm-hmm. if, if it mm-hmm. gets to like a depth situation. Um, so we got to keep an eye on that, I suppose. But yeah, I, I would agree with Lauren that the biggest misses were definitely the keeper and also um, Harrop that she is now retired as well from professional football so yeah and you could sort of that wasn't an enormous surprise was right. it like that's the thing Keris Harrop for those who don't know like she did the club proud for so many years right and she's also the WSL's like record appearance holder right um but definitely towards the end she was that she I don't know I don't know if she had pace to start with but she was definitely getting <laughs> overrun so that's really sad um but also we did, yeah, it's it's a, it's a slight worry that we don't seem to have replaced it. And the goalkeeper situation, obviously we've always had two who've alternated um, and we will get into talking about our new goalkeeper in a little while. But um, so we're sort of, we feel set, it's not the end of the world, those two that have gone, everybody else is okay. We do have slight concerns, like specifically about Nikki Karczewska, right, who was our number nine didn't really get any minutes last season for sort of a variety of, well, no reason. No, I, I don't really know what the reasons were. Um, it was a bit baffling. Um, and we thought we'd see more of her this season, but just, I think just before Beth got injured or announced she was injured, um, she went on loan. She's gone to Leverkusen. Is that right? Yeah. Quite literally the day before mm. the Beth injury announcement. Classic Tottenham like timing. Yeah, I think it was just a shock for all of us because it's like, why are we sending her out on loan? It kind of felt like I think last season she missed um, a fair kind of few matches or was never able. She was, I think, she was one of the players that Rianne used to refer to on restricted minutes um, because she always kind of had like slight knocks and things like that. So she never really had a kind of a clean run. So I was just expecting her to kind of have that under a new manager. But clearly, I don't know, he must have seen something in pre-season where he, he's not a fan. But hopefully, you know, she'll, she'll get match time uh, at Leverkusen. But I'm kind of disappointed for her just purely because, I mean, to be fair, I, I did watch Scotland and Martha Thomas had a good game, but it doesn't really feel like we were shipping her out to, you know, to, to, to really raise the level in, in that department with who we brought in to replace her. Um, but, but yeah, good thing it's alone. So hopefully, yeah, I, I, feel, I still feel like she deserves a chance uh, in, in a spare shirt. So hopefully that, that will happen for her kind of next season. Yeah, it's interesting because especially with Chelsea coming up, because actually I'm sure that was the game last season where I felt like she caused them quite a lot of bother. Um so it's a bit of a shame that we don't have her because she's very she's a real presence I think um but but perhaps it is that thing where Robert just sort of said you're not going to get enough time to really improve your game to the level that I want it to be at so go out um get regular minutes and then come back I know like I'm sure um Caroline your co-podder Rachel is pretty pretty devastated by this I know she's a big Nikki fan <laughs> Yeah, she might be Nikki's biggest fan, in fact. Um, <laughs> so we, I mean, we were all disappointed to hear that news just with it coming right before the Beth injury reveal. That was pretty crushing. And then, I mean, you have to hope that the club obviously knew that Beth was going to be having this procedure done and 
And we're aware of that when they let Nikki go out on loan. But I'm not, like you said, I'm not sure that Martha Thomas was quite the exciting solution that we could have hoped for, especially when you have, you know, some other clubs in the league making some pretty exciting signings at the striker position. So yeah, it's, it's one of those things where it it feels like a kind of typical Spurs women going for the available option rather than the ambitious option. Um, But that's just me being my usual cynical self. I mean, I'm sure you're right. And in a little while, I will ask you for your um, ambitious options. (laughs) Um, So actually, let's, okay, so let's talk about the players that have come in. Um, We've made a few signings in sort of a few like reasonably key areas, really. So the first we can well, let's sort of take it from the back, I guess. So we've got a new goalkeeper, Barbara Votakova, who is a Czech keeper, and she um, comes from PSG. I think she did really well for them initially and then was injured, perhaps. Um, but either way, has sort of fallen out of favour there. And she's one of our... We've, we've had some um, loan signings and some permanent signings, and she is permanent. I have not ever seen her play, so I can't kind of speak... To her level of talent it seems like to me that seems like a good move um and we obviously needed another keeper I don't know if she's here to share minutes with Becky um I don't know what you guys think about that or whether what what were your feelings about her being signed Lauren you first um I don't want to be too negative but <laughs> I, I was kind of like really Given that some of the goalkeepers that have also moved this summer, I feel that we're still in a position where we don't have a clear number one. Mm. And my my personal opinion is I don't think that's helpful for goalkeepers in particular to be in and out of the team, not really finding a rhythm. So I think, you know, she's probably a decent keeper. We'll like her. But I don't think, you know, if we're going to get rid for me, I just thought if we're going to, you know, let Tinny go, I was expecting, you know, a kind of a really top goalkeeper to to kind of come in and then be the number one. I'm still kind of based, you know, I'm still kind of thinking they're going to minute share and then it's going to, you know, Becky, I think more so than anyone needs regular minutes because we've seen her when she kind of is the undisputed number one for Jamaica and she plays consecutive games. She's been fantastic. So, yeah, I don't know. I just think if we're going to have this in and out goalkeeper um, thing again, I'm a bit worried. But yeah, I, I, you know, I hope she she plays well. I don't think she's a bad signing. Um, but yeah, I wasn't, you know, really enthusiastic. I think it's one of those things, isn't it, where it would have been fine, and then you saw that, um, like Daphne van Domselaar. <laughs> you know, went to, which has gone to Villa, hasn't she? And then like Leicester have managed to like um, get their buying keeper on a, on a like permanent transfer. And you just think they're out there. But anyway, we've got who we've, we've got who we've got. (laughs) And we don't, and we also, I guess we don't know how she plays and it may be a stylistic issue. And it also may be that Robert's going to try out both of them and then actually settle on one. Cause I think you're right, Lauren. I feel like that I I don't really want to see this like, rotating keeper thing anymore it's a really weird quirk specifically of Spurs women isn't it I don't feel like any other teams do it no and I keep having people asking me who I think is going to start against Chelsea and I'm like I honestly could not tell you I really have no idea because on the one hand 
you know, we brought in this new keeper. She's getting a lot of media attention, you know, seems, seems like, kind of like she's going to be one of the faces of Spurs all of a sudden. And then you've got Becky who had one of the best world cup campaigns out of any of the keepers at that tournament, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and for, <laughs> I just feel like it would be very kind of sad and a little unfair for her to come back from that and, and not have her, her number one spot anymore. Um, yeah, it doesn't feel quite right. It just feels wrong bit. to me a little yeah. bit. Yeah. And like you said, just knowing that there were other options out there, like if we weren't confident in Becky being the number one for some reason, then go out and get someone who is, is kind of how I felt. Um, so I agree. I don't like this possibility that we're going to be in the same scenario. We've been the last two seasons where they're splitting the time evenly and neither of them really get to build up any sort of momentum or form. So yeah, it's not ideal in my opinion. I have to believe that's just not how it's going to go, but you just, you just never know really with Tottenham, do you? Um, Moving further forward, we've got Luana Bula at the back. She is a central defender. Is she right-sided? So, yeah. Okay. Um, So, so she'll be partnering Molly Bartrip, we would imagine, right, in central defence. Um, yeah. Do we feel good about that? She seems to have a pretty – where did yeah. she come from? I can't, she's, she's Swiss, isn't she? This happened so long ago. She was like our first signing because we got her in – we like agreed the deal in January, right? I think <laughs> she came things. from Hoffenheim mm-hmm. is where we got her from. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, um, this one been quite negative so far excites me because she's oh, cool. she's a she's a she's a ball playing centre back and I think if we're going to become a possession based side and have control of the ball we need to be able to play the ball out from the back and I think she's going to be a, a, you know an important part of that but also defensively I think she's 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 decent as well yeah I always said the primary job of a defender is to defend but yeah I think there's a level there's a side to her game that I think that that will really benefit from so I think it's a good signing Uh, apparently it was a signing that we were going to make in January anyway so I actually think that means that even having changes of managers you know she's held in 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 high esteem so yeah I just hope she kind of starts the season season well yeah, do we imagine? Is she, do we sort of picture her as the one who is going to um, bring the ball out of defence more, and Molly stays back? That's sort of how I'm picturing it. Yeah, definitely, and I agree with Lauren. This is the signing I think I'm probably most excited about that we made this summer. Um, I got to see you know a little glimpse of her at the World Cup and was really impressed with what I saw. And really, the only kind of weakness that I picked up on was maybe like set piece defence, but. Otherwise, she looked really strong and dynamic, and I think she's a pretty clear upgrade on Shalina Zadorsky as much as we all like her. You know, I think there were kind of signs that that partnership between her and Molly Bartrip wasn't quite as strong this past season. And then, of course, you know, she also had her health issues, which could not be helped. Um, but I think it's it's good that we brought in a really strong center back, and that's going to kind of raise the profile of the team overall honestly having that kind of stronger foundation at the back so I'm really excited about her yeah we certainly um needed bolstering in defense and it's kind of a shame she couldn't come in January I guess because 
that would have been <laughs> quite helpful, but better late than never. That's cool. I'm glad you guys are excited about her actually, because I think, yeah, it was an absolute, that's, it's a good, that is a good area of the pitch to have a signing you're excited about because we definitely, definitely needed reinforcements. Now, midfield is a sort of weird one, isn't it? Because I feel like we've only, like there's Olga Artinen, who um, is a Finnish player who we've got from a Swedish, we've got her from Linköping, right, in Sweden. Um, and then are we counting, so she's she's a sort of, um, she's a kind of dynamic attacking midfielder, right? That's how that's how she kind of talks about herself. Um, and are we, is, is Grace Clinton also in the midfield or are we counting her as more of a forward, our loan from United? I think simply because in the friendlies, it, it seems like she was playing as a forward. I have not been counting her as a midfielder, but I guess it's a good thing that she has that kind of flexibility um, to, to play in either area of the pitch. But yeah, I think Olga's the only like true midfielder that we brought in this season. Do you feel excited about her? <sighs> you know, I do. She's a player, I, I can honestly say I don't, recall ever watching play even though I've definitely watched some of Finland's games at least um to watch Evelina but she didn't stand out to me at the time so I don't know if that's necessarily a bad sign but I know that she was really like well regarded in the Swedish league um and the fact that she you know is is now part of the leadership group right away I feel like has to be a promising sign that at the very least she has the backing of the coach um so I, I don't know. The midfield is kind of like a weird area for us because it's like we have players who I think are all like really decent. I don't know that we necessarily have anyone right now who's like at the exceptional level, perhaps. Mm. Um, so I don't know. It's a tricky one. Like when you I know we're going to get to talking about like our kind of predictive lineups and this was where I really struggled the most because it's like, well, for one thing, we have a lot of possible combinations, but also it, it's really hard for me to really kind of have strong feelings about one player over another um, in the midfield. So I don't know how Lauren feels about that. <laughs> yeah, I, I I agree. I think Olga's a, a, a good signing and I think she's a Robert signing. So I think she she will add to the midfield and helping us control the ball. My, 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 my issue is, is that we still kind of have a Maver Kumaran shaped hole in our midfield and the best sides who play possession based football or have number sixes. When you look at, for example, Leah Volti, what she does for Arsenal, or you look at Kira Walsh and, and how England play when Kira Walsh is not on the pitch. I'm kind of just a little bit concerned that we don't really have that profile of like a really technical player that will sit deeply, you know, in, in the midfield to kind of bring the ball out from defence. Maybe Olga can fulfil that role. Um, but yeah, I, I I think we're missing, we may be missing a little bit of that on the pitch because I think we've got a lot of kind of, yeah, I agree, Caroline, good players, but they all kind of do the same job in that kind of they prefer to be the kind of attacking eight number 10 type player um and we don't have 
you kind of your defensive eight number six um, within the squad. Um, so hopefully that doesn't become too big of an issue. Um, but but yeah, I'm just a, I kind of look at the midfield as well, where I'm like. You know, other midfields are a bit stronger than ours, but you know, hope, hopefully, Robert's got a plan, so it won't matter. Fingers crossed. For those who weren't watching at that time, and I feel like I only really caught the sort of tail end of Maver Clemeron for Spurs, talk to us all about what we have missed since, because she left to go back to France and to also train to be an architect. <laughs> So, like an amazing person, clearly, but also like it, I'm, I know that many, many, many people were grieving the day that she left, and this was a big thing that happened last. Was it last? It was last summer, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the biggest thing I can, the biggest impact, we went from being finishing fifth and being really hard to beat, and Molly and Shalina looking like a really good partnership to removing Maver from the team and we're just conceding left, right and centre. You know, people were just attacking us. We weren't, we didn't have anybody that was really breaking up play. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think that not having somebody protecting them just made Molly and, and, and Shanina kind of, you know, the intensity was too much. There was too much pressure on them and they were being asked to do too much. Um, so I was really like disappointed to leave her because I think she was a critical player and I think angry that we didn't replace her and I still feel like we we just have a squad where we don't have we still don't have someone that can do that role um and other sides do and the best sides in the world have somebody that does that role they you know they break up play and they dictate um possession um so yeah I don't know what you think Caroline if 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 you're kind of disappointed um as me Right. I mean, I also just think we kind of miss her physicality, you know, because I think if I look at our current roster of midfielders, it's you just don't have anyone who's really willing to get stuck in the way she did. Um, you know, I, I think, think Evelina. Kind of, I know well, Evelina I was, plays further forward, but I do think of her like that. That's exactly where I was going to go with that, because I think my impression of Evelina has really changed over the last year. Because when she joined the team, that was kind of the role we expected her to play was yeah. being that may have a replacement. Um, it hasn't really worked out that way because I think that, you know, like we've alluded to, she's another one of our many, many midfielders who have really more of a desire to like be involved in the attack. And um, I just don't get the sense that she's that motivated to to do the defensive duties, um, to do that side of it as well. So, yeah, we we really... I think have suffered from not having that kind of player. Um, but I'm hoping that at least a little bit of that will be negated by trying to have more possession this season and not getting in as many situations where we're just like relentlessly under the cosh <laughs> the whole game. Yeah, it was it was really tough to win us a lot of the time. I I mean, maybe Olga could do it, actually. You never know. She did, you know, I think she obviously is one of those people who, one of those players who does like to get forward, but she also talks about linking up with defence in um, like her sort of welcome interview. So I feel like maybe, you know, maybe we can make that happen. We'll manifest it. I don't know. Right, let's move on to the forward line. And that 
now consists of one permanent signing in Martha Thomas, who we got from Man United, and two loans, Grace Clinton, also from Man United, and Jang Linyan, who has made her way from a university team in China, I believe, but via Grasshopper Zurich. So, um, and we've got those both for a year, I believe. Um, that's quite a bit of bolstering for the forward line that is suddenly massively depleted with uh, Nikki's alone out and Bethany England's injury. We should also say we don't we don't know when Bethany England's coming back. It's all a bit of a mystery. At the fan forum, I was got very excited because I didn't think she was on crutches anymore. But then I was informed almost immediately after that she was on crutches. So <clears throat> who knows? Um, at the very least. These are um, bodies that we can use. How are you guys feeling about both of those? Caroline, you first. All three, rather. You know, I, d- I don't think any of them are, like, bad options to have. Um, I think that, you know, Thomas was definitely not getting enough minutes at Manchester United. So that's kind of been, like, a theme of our recruitment in recent years that we're bringing in players who you know, to be fair, like Beth England just weren't getting enough playing time. And so I think there's every chance that she really, you know, comes in and proves herself. Um, I'm hoping that's the case. <laughs> and then with Zhang um, Lin-Yan, she was a really, you know, promising young player who featured in the World Cup. So no real complaints there either. Um, and then same thing with Grace Clinton. The only thing there is that it's a little, maybe not great that we're developing a player for one of our, you know, rivals in the league. Um, but it sounds like she had a really big impact in preseason. So I'm excited to see her actually play uh, when we actually get our, our real game started. But I just don't think there's any way to like sugarcoat the fact that we're going to be missing Beth massively. Like she contributed the majority of our goals last season, obviously. Um, but also her leadership as well, I think mm-hmm. was really crucial in us escaping relegation um because she just kind of lifted the whole team with with her her leadership but on the flip yeah, she side, leads by example that's the thing she like dragged yes. everybody else up to like right. even if they couldn't get to her level i feel like they were they were trying to get there she and... was showing them the standard of effort yeah, exactly. i think um that we had kind of been missing to be frank um so yeah she's a huge miss but i'm really excited about the fact that we're going to get a full season of kit graham Uh, Because she's a player that I really enjoy watching. You know, she can be very creative on the ball. And that was something that we really lacked at times last season before she returned from her ACL. Um, And then also Celine Bizet. I mean, probably the most exciting young player at the club, in my opinion. Uh, She really, I think, showed in glimpses last season what she can do, but also suffered from kind of having very sporadic game time. um, And a few times being kind of played out of position in this like right wing back role that I don't think suited her because she just does not have the defensive chops to be playing there. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to see more from her this season. And I think this is really going to be like a breakout year for her. Yeah, totally agree. I mean, I like the, the sort of Kit Graham thing is almost like, obviously she's been at the club for quite a while, but she was out all of last season. Right. So that's proper hashtag like a new signing vibes from her. I think, um, I'm excited about Martha Thomas, actually, just honestly, partly based on how amazing Beth England was for us. I sort of think 
just sometimes it just doesn't work and you know the players just I, I think Beth England like she like she's found a proper home with us hasn't she and sometimes that's just what players need and if it happened once why could it not happen again I ask you um, and it sounded like she played pretty well for Scotland the other night and um, uh, Lauren I think you said she gave Millie Bright quite a bit of bother yeah she did I think my excitement kind of of the signing has gone up from actually watching her yes um, actual evidence evidence yeah yeah, incredible (laughs) yeah because I think it's yeah like she she didn't play a lot last season she only got one goal which isn't you know the 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 best return but yeah she 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 really kind of you know gave Millie Bright some trouble you know she was a constant presence in the box she held the ball up she ran the channels so I think in terms of kind of play style like she, the clo- she's the closest that we're kind of going to get to kind of Beth England and how the the team, I guess, was going to set up. Um, but but yeah, like we we need Beth back because you know she's a clinical striker. Yeah, I firmly believe that if if she plays the whole season, she's going to be up there for in the Golden Boot shouts because she basically scores every game. Um, but I think you know Martha's a. I don't want to call her a stopgap because she's a permanent signing, but. I think she'll she'll provide the kind of competition and, and depth that we need. Um, I think with Grace Clinton, in my mind, I'm saying I'm telling myself that there's still not going to be any room for her at United next summer. So if she does play well, she'll just sign for us permanently, and then that kind of makes us feel a bit better. Because yeah, that's my of... that's my attitude. And also, yeah. United is a rotten club. Like players are trying yeah. to leave. Yeah, so... that's true. Yeah, ho- hopefully she can find a home with us. And it also feels like from social media, like she gets on really well with the players. Like she, she mm. feels like she's kind of settled in really quickly. Um, so yeah, that 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 looks promising. And I think with um, Zhang Lingyan, I just felt like the whole summer I was screaming like, we just had a World Cup. Why aren't we signing any players from that that have had decent World Cups and 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 taken advantage of getting some talent from some of the the breakout players. So I think she will add a lot. I think she's predominantly kind of a left-sided player. I think we were a bit short in that area. So I think when she comes back um, and she kind of settles into the squad and she starts training with the team, yeah, I think, you know, they're not kind of, you know, world beaters, which is why we only get like three minutes or whatever it is on what most other podcasts. Um, but again, I think, you know, with how Robert speaks, this is about developing a system and a style of play. So if if we become a very, very good team um, and difficult to play against rather than kind of individual brilliance, um, although we do need some of that, please, Beth, when you come back. But yeah, I think, you know, these are, these are the type of players where if if we if Robert's going to coach them, improve their level, then, we'll, you know, we'll see a side to them as well that we that we haven't seen before. I mean, I think this is it. I was going to ask you guys to sort of grade the transfer window. I don't think I will now because I think a lot of it is just going to depend on the coaching because we just, there's so much we don't know about these players really, isn't there? And we we can sort of, we sort of see that there are big holes still in our squad that we wish had been filled and have not been filled. And, you know, that's going to take some time, I guess, because the fact is, you know, players like Kira Walsh are pretty rare <laughs> and sort of, yeah, like, 
little versions of them don't come along every day either. So we're just going to have to kind of make do with what we've got. But I think if Robert can get the best out of the players that we do have and find a system that works for all of them and, you know, if we have to sort of cobble together a functional midfield from what we've got, then, you know, maybe in a, in a few months we can we can grade it then, shall we say. Um, but I do want to know... Who do you one? You can only have one. Who do you wish we'd signed? And it doesn't have to be a player who made a move this summer. It can be, it, or it can be somebody who stayed where they were. Just somebody you just thought that I just wanted to see them at Tottenham. It doesn't even have to be that realistic, but just let me know, Caroline. You first. I'm going to go with a player that you already mentioned, Daphne Van Damselaar. Uh, you know, she's a goalkeeper. She just signed with Aston Villa. They got in really early in signing her this summer. Um, obviously, she'd had a very impressive Euros campaign last summer. She's and the Dutch. Again she's the Dutch the, keeper, the, isn't she? Um, yeah. Yes, 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 exactly. And so to, to my eyes, I was like, this is a player we really should have identified a long time ago. Um, so I definitely feel like this is one we kind of missed out on. That was, you know, not not unrealistic um, mm-hmm. of a get for us. But I think like we just talked about having that kind of uncertainty about the keeper situation, like who's number one, are they going to split time, all that. She could have come in and just done it. Just exactly. Like question. she would yeah. have been locked on starter. There would be no no stress or questions about that position anymore. And I think she would have really elevated our team. So I was bummed that Aston Villa, as usual, are doing Really good job of recruitment. <laughs> I'm just, uh, it's getting to the point where I'm just so triggered by the very name Aston Villa. Like, because uh, honestly, like mine was another Villa signing, Ebony Salmon. And uh, like, you got, that was uh, my I second choice. So, you, yes. <laughs> you, in our in our group chat, like, that, I was like, no, no, I've had enough Tottenham. You cut, like, pfft. Like, even I knew from, like, a couple of years ago that she was a player to watch, right? And she'd had a sort of tough time. She's obviously kind of... She's played for a few teams, and it felt like it was only a matter of time before she was going to come back to England, and it was about who was going to be, like, smart enough to be there, right? And... Well, just, and can I just point out with Ebony Salmon, the the coach in the NWSL that she really played the best under was our former co-manager, Juan Carlos Amoros. So that was a little ironic. Like, oh, I was honest. I was like, I'm just going to throw stuff out the window. (laughs) I'm so furious. Even though I guess the only way to calm myself down is that maybe technically, I mean, obviously now Beth England's injury, that is a position we really need. But sort of at the time, maybe it was less, you know, we really do need, you know, more of a number eight, I guess. So that is like the only way to sort of bring bring myself down off that ledge but yeah that was mine what about yours Lauren it's it's funny because I know you said we could only have one but I did compare a list <laughs> so I could say somebody that hasn't been sent because number number one on my list was my dancer and number two on my list was Ebony Salmon it's good so that we're all spiraling make... in the same way though yeah so but I think I'll go I think I'll go for Deanne Rose yeah because she got relegated so she was there and available. And I think having uh, a forward player who can kind of play either side or play through the middle is quick, 
good technical ability. Kind of like why why Benny Salmon was also on my list, uh, or all of our list. Um, yeah, it just kind of feels like a real missed opportunity. I just it really annoys me when when players um, of that caliber come up and they kind of go to the, to the sides that we'll be competing against. Because I can kind of understand. Like, I was going to say me as our, but I can kind of like it's Man United. They've got Champions mm-hmm. League football. I think okay, we we can't compete at that level. But but when you can't compete with your Leicesters. It's just kind of like, oh God, like it, 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 it's, it's concerning because we, we're going to be facing better teams. Um, so yeah, that, that one kind of just really irritated me um, as well as quite, quite a number of them, but you said we can only have one. So I'll, I'll stop there. <laughs> I think this is something particularly galling about like that she's gone to Leicester, right? Because I think we were sort of getting used to this idea that, okay, Villa have a brilliant coach and she and she obviously knows how to get players to sign for her, right? They, they want to come and play for Carla Ward and that's kind of okay. It's okay to sort of have that one team. But when it's like Leicester, who we were literally like battling, like battling relegation with, I just think that was just, that was just very unnecessary Tottenham, a very unnecessary miss. Um, but it's good that we haven't spiralled too much because I want to talk quickly about the new leadership group. So Shalina Zadorsky is no longer Spurs captain. Um, I know lots of people, including Charlie of this pod, have sort of mixed feelings about that. Quite sad. Um, but I also feel like she seems to me to be on her way out. I don't think she's she's going to start. And it, it sort of feels to me like she's just kind of I don't know if she's kind of around to sort of keep her fitness levels up or whatever. I mean, she's she's not going to be the same kind of um, sort of core part of the first 11 anymore this season, is she, realistically. So as sort of weird as it is, it, that feel, I hope she feels okay about it, basically. Um, so now we've got Beth England as our captain, Molly Bartship and Olga Artinen as vice captains. Now that seems to me... A pretty balanced, if very blonde ponytail esque <laughs> leadership team. Although you know those blonde ponytails, they do pretty well. So maybe we just follow that lead. Um, Molly, obviously, proper Spurs been here for a while. Olga is kind of like Roberts' player, isn't she? So I guess that's a decent balance. Yeah, I think it it kind of echoes the leadership group we saw on the men's side, and that you've got a player from each part of the, the pitch, except for goalkeeper, obviously. Um, and also kind of a mix of like tenure and experience. So, I mean, Beth hasn't been with Tottenham for long, but she's very experienced in the league, obviously. Um, and one of the older players in the squad now as well. So it, it made perfect sense to me that she was named as the primary captain, because like I said, I think her leadership, we already saw it come into play last season and it was really pivotal to us staying in the league. Um, and she seems really just like genuinely honored to be named captain. I know in the for- fan forum, she said that it was her greatest achievement and that really touched me. Um, we love you, Beth. Oh, I'm welling uh, up right now. I know. And then, <laughs> The the Olga thing kind of threw me just because she is, you know, brand new to the team. But knowing like how well respected she was in her previous league, I, I guess it kind of makes sense from that perspective. And if she already seems to have a good rapport with the rest of the team, then great. I'm all for it. 
Um, and Molly, I mean, love Molly. I think she's a really just a great competitor and um, she definitely has been like <laughs> the only thing keeping the defense together for many months now. So I, I was glad to see her get kind of that recognition and it was a little surprising that Ash Neville wasn't tapped yeah. um, just because I think she's somebody that we've like seen being a leader in the team for many seasons and obviously one of our more tenured players as well. Um, but, you know, we don't know conversations behind the scenes. Maybe it wasn't something she was interested in at this point. You know, she wanted to like pass the mantle down. I don't know, but I, I feel pretty good about who was selected. Maybe Ash just wants to be a bit freer this season. She's had a lot of responsibility, I think, over the last couple of seasons, hasn't she? And maybe it'll be nice for her just to kind of, I don't know, express herself a bit more on the pitch without having to worry about that. What do you think, Lauren? Yeah, I think I'm, I'm disappointed for Ash, but let, like like Caroline has just said, maybe the conversation happened and she, she decided she didn't want to do it. Because I think... Prior to Beth England coming in, she Ash was the face of the team. Like if you go to games, you, you see Ash Neville's shirts the most. Everybody kind of recognizes her, and I think she epitomizes uh, a club kind of turning professional and then trying to build um, and and the growth of the, of of the club because she's improved as the way that the club has improved. And I think she's given so many you know, years of service. And I remember one of her interviews last season, you know, she talks about how she wants to retire at the club. Like she, you know, the, the same way in the men's side, you know, we talk about uh, Sonny and, you know, he's Mr. Spurs. You know, she, she, she she's Miss Spurs or Miss Spurs even. So it, yeah, I'm a bit disappointed for, for her, but maybe that was her personal choice. But I think with the leadership group that we do have in place, um, I'm happy because I think we need to now drive up the standards of professionalism and and there's no kind of bigger example of that than Beth. And I think not just because of how good she is, but how hard she works um, and she, she will lead by example. Um, and I think, yeah, Molly has probably been our most consistent player over the last couple of years. So I think, you know, she'll bring that. And I, and I, you know, I kind of think, having a manager's player in your leadership group. Um, yeah, I think that helps. So, yeah, I just hope that they um, kind of, they seem to have embraced the role. So I think, you know, that they they are respected within the squad. But what I like about Beth, you know, she, she, even though everybody knows who she is, and she kind of is our best player, she still wants to earn the respect of, mm. of, of the new teammates as well. So, you know, uh yeah, I just hope that it kind of it it goes well, and I hope Beth can get on the pitch and and lead the team out as quickly as possible. But I think Molly and, and Olga will be very kind of capable deputies, you know, in in her absence for now. Yeah, we need to, we need Beth back so soon. I I mean, she's what's been really nice about the fan forum is seeing a lot of people really just like sort of clock her for the first time and realize not just that, you know, maybe they knew she's a great player and a lioness and all of that. And maybe they even knew that she'd effectively kept us up last season, but just to see her and her personality and how seriously she takes her role and how good she is at representing us. You know, I think obviously fans of the men's team have been really proud so far this season with our manager and with the leadership team, but I, like, like Beth is is their equal 
in like every conceivable sense, quite frankly, the way she plays, the way she trains, the way she carries herself on and off the pitch, the way she talks about football and about the club and about the fans. Like she understands it. It's like, I couldn't be prouder to have her represent us. Like I feel, I've always felt very blessed, but even more so now. So, yeah. Yeah. Please come, yeah. Please come back. Yeah. <laughs> her commitment to the club was very clearly on display in that fan forum. Like that was what really struck me the most about, you know, all the answers we got to hear from her was just that she really cares about the club and wants to get it to, you know, the stature that like Robert has said that we should be at um, considering the level that we're at on the men's side. Like we really have to, take it seriously and, and get the club to that point. And I agree. So what do we think about the squad now as a whole? There's a sort of mix now of some quite experienced players, um, some of whom have been playing for Tottenham for a while. So Molly Bartship, Ash Neville, um, Evelina. Um, I guess we, we can include um, players like Drew Spence in that as well now, probably. Um and then we've got our sort of younger players. We've got Jess Naz, we've got Celine, we've got Esmita Ale, and then all the sort of new signings as well, some of whom are pretty experienced and some of whom are very young. Do you guys feel, are there players that you want to kind of highlight, particularly now as we kind of go into the new season? Do you feel sort of reasonably happy with that kind of mix? It doesn't feel like it's sort of too much one way or the other or is do you feel like it should be more tipped towards one side perhaps I don't know Lauren what do you feel yeah I think we've got a good blend I think of kind of youth exuberance and experience and and people that kind of know the league know the standards and, and kind of what it takes I actually think we do have um, kind of a balanced squad. I, like we've discussed, we've got holes in certain positions, but in terms of the personalities kind of within the squad and and good representatives for the club, I think we've got it. Um, Caroline, you mentioned her earlier, but I'm going to mention her again. Uh, Celine Bizet from the from the, her first game last season when she signed for us, I was like, yeah, we got a baller. So this would be her. I, feel like it would be her season to shine I think people that haven't watched the kind of the women's team Celine epitomizes like your your Spurs kind of player the players that we love the people that love to get on the ball the tricks and the flicks those flair players who will take a game by the scruff of um the neck and just kind of excite us and, and wow us I'm really kind of bigging her up here so she can well but um but yeah no think- rightly so man I think she's absolutely brilliant yeah. I think I think you guys are totally right to yeah. to talk about her the way you do. Yeah, and I think now hopefully it's like a, a season kind of living in the country, physically adapting to the league. She looks very settled. She gets on really well with players in the squad. So, yeah, I just because she's because she came from PSG, she has that grounding, I think, of kind of where we need to get to technically. So, um, yeah, I, I would say she wears number 14 for people who don't, don't know who she is. Look out for her. Um, yeah, I, I really think she's going to kind of explode and and, ha- and have a good season. She deserves to get back into that Norway squad. So, um, yeah, I she hope does, man. I was fuming. Of, yeah. I mean, it's yeah, sort of fair just... enough, you know. She played for us, and we nearly got relegated. But 
Yeah, but well, yeah, I'm so battered any <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Look of anyway, yeah. so we should have picked her. <laughs> um, but but yeah, so she's and and also just a, a shout out, I think, to our ACL returnees. I know we've mentioned Pip Graham, but real Percival coming back. Hopefully, we'll yes. see Ellie Brazil because I think Ellie Brazil was also an exciting summer that we made last summer. Um, and then obviously she, she did her ACL and I, immediately, I right? It was like the yeah. first game, I think. God, that yeah. She's very young, this... isn't she? She's yeah. Like... She, she she she's young, but I think kind of you know she can play along the front the front line. She's quick. She's got pace. Um, and yeah, I just think she yeah. I hope she kind of kind of gets back soon. I, I was at Brisbane Road when she did her ACL and the goalkeeper didn't even get a card or whatever. She just cleaned her out. So it's just a horrible challenge. Um, so yeah, I just hope she can kind of get back on the pitch soon and and, and show us, you know, what, she, what she's about. And it was really exciting towards the end of last season to see Rhea Percival and Kit Graham come back because they were big, big, big misses last season. Well, Rhea especially because she's kind of a, you know, a utility player and that she can play a lot of different positions and um, basically just will do whatever is needed. Um, she really has that kind of competitive drive too. Um, set pieces it, as well. Yes, yeah, set pieces. That is very true. Yes, that'll be a, another weapon in our arsenal this season. So I agree with the players you shouted out, Ellie Brazil, that's another one that, you know, we really didn't get to see hardly anything of what she could offer last season. Um, but I think it'll be good, you know, especially like on the left side, our winger depth has been kind of, they haven't had much competition. <laughs> um, so it'll be good for her to come in and kind of provide some pressure there. And another player who's on the younger side as Mita Ale, I really was frustrated last season by how little game time she got because I think she's a much more progressive defender than some of the options we were playing. Uh, so I think, and you know, she's going to have to get more game time this season if that's the way we want to play um, period. Surely, surely. But she's not, but, she hasn't really featured in the preseason friendlies very much. Has she either? Not as much as I would have hoped. So that like, I genuinely, I assume she would play straight because she lynched, but she got called up to the under 23 England squad and played. Yes. She so. played in at least one of their games. I know. Um, but I, I just think she, she definitely has a skill set that we didn't really see that reflected in the players who were getting game time last season. Um, Thanks. Yeah, pace. I think she's really good about winning back the ball, driving the ball forward, like actually progressing the ball in a way that our defense has not been very good about um, last season. So, yes. Yeah, I really, I always think of you whenever her name pops up because <laughs> I know you've really... <laughs> yeah, I'm her you biggest really, booster. <laughs> yeah, you've really, really gone to bat for many, many, many occasions and you've so often been let down, not by her, but just by like the manager's refusal to play her. So hopefully that won't happen. My big question to you guys actually is where do we see Drew Spence this season? Hopefully taking free kicks. Yes. Um, oh I don't God. know if y'all yeah. saw what a beauty yeah, so yeah. Yeah. Uh, what a conundrum is... she is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, my, it's my it's my national team as well. So like somehow I cheer like cheer her so often and I'm so proud of her. And then 
sat in the stadium and tearing my hair out. Um, yeah, I think, I hope that we're going to see the best version of her. I think she had a run of games in the World Cup. She's She's got some more minutes at international duty. So I, I think, I hope we're going to see her fully fit um, and match fit Drew Spence. And I think if she feels fully fit, she'll have more confidence um, to kind of express herself. That's what I'm telling myself because when we signed her, I was I was excited. I was like, oh my God, like, you know, when you bring in a, a, a player from a top club, you think, oh, you know, we're going to see a visible improvement. And I just, we, we've seen it in glimpses, but we haven't seen it consistently. Um, so, yeah, I think there's a place for her in the starting 11, but I think she needs to be motivated enough to, to go and grab it. Yeah, before we get into that starting 11, actually, so I do want to know what player, I suppose you sort of both answered it a little bit now, but is there another player who, like, who's your favourite player? Who are you most excited to see back? Sorry, I'm still on Celine. No. When I made I'm notes, like, I don't yeah. want to be I boring, wrote, but <laughs> yeah, I, I wrote Celine is going to cook. That's what I wrote. Yeah, man. To that, to that element, but to pick someone else, I think Jess Naz as well. We've got yes. you know an, another young kind of winger. Um, I would like to see her kind of just become a bit more clinical with an end product. So hopefully, you know, she can she can kind of do that and I'm excited to see her again she you know she got minutes under 23 levels so clearly there you know she's talented so yeah it's now just about producing that kind of consistently yeah and I mean and she has really suffered with injuries as well I've always been a big fan of Jess Naz and I didn't even realize she was that young actually I'm always quite surprised to see to find out how young she is I think if she can get some sort of sustained minutes that should be a big difference. So, yeah, I think she's she's definitely one of the ones I'm most excited about seeing. Now, first, okay, so first, who do we think the sort of first 11? Or maybe we could stretch it to like a, a 11, 12, you know, just the sort of core squad. What I think we, we all know what we would like the back line to be. We don't know about the goalkeeper. Actually, do either of you have a goalkeeper preference? Becky, Becky is still my preference. <laughs> I mean, I I'm an unrepentant Becky stan. I love her. Um, and I think she just hasn't gotten the the right. I don't know. She hasn't been set up for success in recent seasons. So I think some of her her struggles were not entirely down to her, but more down to us not playing a style that really suited her goalkeeping style. Um, so I feel I feel more confident about her having a good season this year. But again, it's a toss up to me who's actually going to start. So like when you asked us to put together a predicted 11, I put Barbara in because I just have a gut feeling that that's the way Robert's going to go. Um, but I, I do yeah, think you're I right think that so. the defense is, is a little more self-explanatory. Like the center backs, especially Molly Bartrip, Luana Buller. I think that those are like locked on starters for the center back pairing. Um I feel like Ash Neville's going to have to play at left back because we really don't have anyone else who has played that role and can play that role successfully, in my opinion. I, I feel like we've heard that Angrad James was possibly playing there in preseason, and that is crazy to me. 
because <laughs> I never yeah, would we have, forgot like, to talk seen... about her in the midfield didn't we we've noticed we yeah. very noticeably not mentioned her or Amy Turner because <laughs> she's a wild card now I mean <laughs> yeah I've gone I've gone for her left back in what I think will happen on Sunday which makes me want to cry but just based on what we've seen in terms of pre-season I feel like he's gonna prefer her either like over moving Ash to the left or just playing with me to there which I agree is crazy to me and then Ash on the right do we think yeah yeah yeah, Ash on the right yeah I just don't see I had Ash on the left as Mita on the right but that's me being like wishful thinking. So mm, you'd like an inverted fallback situation. Right. Okay. Either way, maybe that's what he'll do in the end. What about, um, but we think it's going to be, um, we don't think it's, we don't think it's going to be either of those two. Okay. Interesting. Now, what about midfield? We I, we should note, I don't think Amy Turner played at all in no, preseason, right? Yeah, so, cause she was just... getting that right spot consistently mm-hmm. last year mm-hmm. let's move on swiftly <laughs> please let's let's just be happy with that situation i agree uh, i agree Lauren. Yeah. let's move on okay let's do it <laughs> midfield please um so i've gone uh i've kind of gone with a four three three ish type formation so i've gone evelina olga and drew mm-hmm. in as my midfield three yeah, that's what that's sort of what I was thinking as well. Actually, I'm not just copying what you guys are saying. These are generally <laughs> these were honestly my thoughts. <laughs> mine, mine is close. I do have Olga and Drew, um, but then I have Kit Graham and kind of an attacking central midfielder role. Have you got Evelina um, up front? It, that's the thing. Is like I want Evelina in the team, and it was really killing me that I couldn't fit her in. Um, so hopefully, Robert does a better job of that mm-hmm. than I did. <laughs> Okay, so you also going four three three. Okay. Yes. And then obviously in in the fullness of time, it'll be Bethany England, but right now, who starts up top? Martha Thomas, Martha, I think for me. Yeah. The experience over Grace Clinton being mm-hmm. kind of the the unknown quantity. <laughs> yeah. And then Celine on one side. Of course. Yeah, <laughs> Celine on the right. Cheap cheap. Yeah, honestly, for me. Mm. Yeah, truly. Right now, at least with Beth out. Um, and then on the left, I had Jess starting at left wing. Um, we've seen her play on both sides, but personally, I like her better on the left. Yeah. So. And Celine works better on the right anyway, so. Yeah. 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 I actually went Grace Clinton on the left just purely because I feel like United have sent her on loan to play. So I needed to fit her into the team. So, but. Yeah, I, I think for balance, I'd rather see Jess Naz, but based on kind of who he's kind of started in preseason and who's had the most minutes, I, I've gone Grace Clinton. Yeah, there's a big gulf between like who I want to start and who I actually think will start. Mm. <laughs> so that's not ideal, but so have you got so have you guys gone with who you think is gonna start? Yeah, I've gone yeah. I think because a left side of uh, as James and Grace Clinton is not what I would choose. <laughs> what I think might happen. I I was not quite as realistic. I I added in a few that I'm like I want them to start. Um, but no, I don't think they will. <laughs> but ideally, we'd have Asmita and Ash on either 
in the fullback positions. One like either like just one way or the other, right? Yeah. 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 Um natural fullbacks. It seems crazy to not do that, but maybe I don't know. Who, like, it's also this- crazy that we didn't sign a, a left back this summer, but here we are. Yeah, we wouldn't I mean, be having this headache if we just replace. Well, because uh, the other thing about Paris that Harris. is that ideally you'd like to see Ash get some opportunities in the attack again, you know, like yeah, we saw in, yeah. in the last couple of seasons. Um, but that's, I think, out of necessity is not going to happen as often this year. I know. And that's a real shame, actually, because she's been absolutely amazing when she's been able to play further forward. Yeah. And yeah, I think. I am. I mean, I'm excited about a midfield of um, Olga and Drew and Evelina. I think that's potentially pretty good. I feel like I love what Drew can do. I love her vision, her creativity. But I just she the amount of times her passes go astray or she gets caught in possession. I really you need people around her to kind of clean that up a little bit, basically, don't you? And if Olga is everything that she says she is, that should work okay. Um, I yeah, I mean, I think, I think it'll be Grace Clinton as well, actually, because I don't feel like we've had enough of Jess yet. Um, and then yeah, Martha and Celine. Um, do you guys have a prediction for Sunday, <laughs> or is it just let's get through it without um, being destroyed? Yeah, I think the aim is to uh, keep the scoreline down. But yeah, I've gone 3-1 Chelsea. And again, I think just to remind people that haven't seen the team before, Chelsea have more league titles than we have been years as a professional club. And I can keep (laughs) saying that stat because they keep winning the WSL. Um, So there's a huge gap even though we're in the same league there's just a huge gap in terms of progression and the foundations that Chelsea are working from in comparison to us so it's no mean feat I wish they would stop putting these games on TV for yeah. all and sundry to see us um, in in these but, but yeah I can't see anything other than the Chelsea win to be honest yeah I mean the annoying thing is is that Emma Hayes is an absolute legend so that's also really frustrating. It's not even like, you know, they're really sort of despicable team in that way. They've got a great manager and loads of really fun players and it really sucks losing to them, basically. But maybe we won't. You never know. You never know. Crazier things have not ever really happened. <laughs> right, Caroline, I'm too scared to give a prediction except just survival. Do you have an actual prediction? My actual prediction is that I think we're going to run them closer than we might think, knowing how good Chelsea are. Um, but again, there is no shame in losing to them. Mm-hmm. Let's let's just repeat that. <laughs> uh, but I'm going to go with a two to one loss. And you know what? Favor. That's what that sounds fine to me. To be honest, I would. I think we're going to score. That. I feel good about that. Okay, cool. Did you give me an actual prediction, Lauren? Yeah, I said uh, three one. Three one. Again, but, I yeah. don't. Yeah, you never know because I think well, the best time to play Chelsea is the first game of the season. Yeah. 
where they're not themselves. All their superstars are knackered from the World yeah. Cup and then coming back and then going off to like various international competitions again, which is a whole other level of. Don't nonsense. even get me started. We can't, like, <laughs> yeah. honestly, we would, li- like, we've already been here for hours and we would just go on and on into the night um, raging about it. So let's not. Instead, I'm going to ask you guys for your predictions for the season. What do we think is a realistic finish or sort of realistic hope for this season? Like, again, it's so hard to know without actually having seen us play at all under our new manager, but we're going to give it a go. Lauren, you first. Yeah, I think realistic, we should probably... I I now see Villa kind of pushing towards that group of top four. So I think... The kind of top five is done with what order we'll see. I think realistic or, you know, or maybe a bit ambitious because we, we kind of into the unknowns. We should be aiming to, to, to get sick. I, 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 I think Brighton have made some really good signings. So I think they may pip us really to that mm. position. So I, I've got, I think we'll finish around seventh. Um, I would hope, but. Again, I think it's not necessarily league position. It's going to be a how confident do we feel at the end of this season that we have closed that gap? Um, yeah. Is it widened last season? But yeah. Um, that's it. So if it's seventh, but it's all pretty tight, that's different than if it's seventh with like a sort of 10 point gap between us and six, right? Um, Caroline, yeah. how about you? Yeah, I'm. I've been saying I feel like we can get sixth we have ground to make up that we lost last season and there's no getting past that. And again, with the new manager, it's going to take some time to like work out some of the issues and really solidify the playing style that we want to be using. But the other thing is that the, the teams around us have not stood still. And I think that's something that the club as sort of like the overarching entity has kind of forgotten about. I would say like we, we, there have been times, you know, especially after the season when we finished um, fifth, that we, we really needed to take advantage of that moment and push on from there. And we did not. And we just kind of been sliding since, Um, but other clubs have made some really smart signings. So it's hard to say that we're like definitively better than uh, I, I think at least better than six clubs. That's that's kind of how I'm feeling, which is very obviously like a middle of the road, non-committal prediction. Um, but yeah, I just don't see us getting higher than that this season. But I would I, like to see us have a stronger second half of the season at least. Yeah, if we feel like we're building towards something, it all feels very different, doesn't it? One thing I will say is that I looked um, at the sort of, the teams around us specifically, I mean, I, I mean, when I say the teams around us, I guess it's like everybody who is kind of not top four or five. And over the last sort of two or three years, and a lot of teams have really bounced around. So I think like Everton had a strong season and then followed by a horrible season, followed by sort of building back up again. I think even Villa did the same, maybe, you know, Maybe not Liverpool because they only just got promoted last season. But I feel like a, quite a few teams who are not like the top, top teams have done that a lot. And maybe it is just like it's hard to find your feet properly in this league 
unless you've got sort of years and years of investment, basically. So, but I I think that's why it is a positive thing, at least that the club has identified a manager who's going to build a foundation that we can actually build off of. And that will come with like successive transfer windows. You know, we can start to recruit the players that are going to help us get to where we want to be. But if, if we just kind of went on the way we were the last couple of seasons with no real identity, I don't think we would have any realistic hope of being able to do that. So that at least is where I feel optimistic. Yeah. It feels, it feels more to me now. And maybe this is literally just from listening to Robert talk, um, but actually, I do feel slightly more positive about the way the club is treating the women's team. It doesn't, we don't just feel like, oh, Tottenham Hotspur plus a bunch of women. It does feel like there is more of an attempt to integrate both the teams and, and not just in a sort of marketing sense, but in a sense about how we actually talk about the club as a whole and its identity and the kind of football that fans want to see. So I think there is while maybe that vision is not necessarily backed up as much as, as I would like it to be, it feels like there actually is more of an idea now than perhaps there was before. Um, is What do we want to see from the club, actually, like this year? Do we just... Um, consistency, mm-hmm. in my opinion. I think I agree with that. But what I want to see is not just because it's the start of the season. Yeah. We need consistency. We need, we are going to need sustained marketing. We are going to need good successive transfer windows. We are going to need um, Robert and Anange working together and that integration um, throughout the season. We're, we're going to need to see kind of the men's players showing some interest, I think, in, 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 the, in, in our women's team. And also, for the biggest stakeholder, we're going to need the fans. We're going to need, um, obviously, people that, that that listen to Hometown Glory who may only follow one team or you'll watch the under-21s. We're going to need you. We're going to need you to show an interest. We're going to need you um, to, to to back the women's team. Um, so, yeah, I think from, from the club, I just want a bit of consistency um, because that's where I think you lose confidence because it's kind of like, okay, this is really good now and then it stops. And that's where it becomes um, frustrating. So yeah, for me, key word is consistency. Yeah, and if they're gonna if they're gonna constantly give us the line about these things take time, fine. But that also means it takes time from you and a long term commitment from you and constantly showing up. Yeah. How about you, Caroline? Yeah, I agree with everything Lauren said, and I just think cluster put it's where mouth is at some point you know mm-hmm. the investment i don't think has been enough in the playing squad um because we've had i mean obviously beth england that was a massive transfer and that was one thing that the club got right even if it was maybe six months delayed from when it should have happened <laughs> um but that we just have to be i think spreading some of that investment around all areas of the squad and not just like one key player um obviously that's going to come with time but that's what I want to see from a squad building perspective. And I think y'all are absolutely right to point out that the fan portion is really important. We need fans to show up, not just for these like marquee games, like first and last game of the season, the games at the main stadium. There's, there's got to be a better um, 
more consistent attendance at the games at Brisbane Road throughout the year. And part of that does come down to the club, like keeping up that kind of marketing momentum. Um, but you're I right. Now, like at I some think point, people time, have though. to show up. What's that? I think I think you're right, um, and they do have to show up. But I do also feel like now is the time. There is such a good vibe around the club, which there mm-hmm. just has not. You know, all of last year it was really depressing on mm-hmm. both sides, and I know, you know, we'd love Ange Ball and watching the men, and everybody's really frustrated that actually we're not in that. You know, we're not in any other competitions really this season. Um, we're now in two, and everybody wants to see it. But actually, if we can kind of channel some of that, like now's the time. Like there isn't, like we're not going to be as distracted by the men's team because they are simply not playing as much. So if you want to watch some football, there is actually now a lot more space in your calendar to see the women. And the league is not very big. There are not that many games. You can go and see, like the you can see 11 home games ultimately over the course of like nine months that is absolutely doable in my opinion definitely and you know I think y'all have been having really good conversations on hometown glory the past few weeks about you know kind of this topic of how to build more excitement around the women's team and it made me think about what can I do as a fan who is obviously not in London have never been to a Spurs women game in person. Well, actually, I have technically last summer. Yeah, you um, did. When they were in America. <laughs> Loads. Of, like you've been to like one that. more than like so many people who literally live here. <laughs> fair, yeah, fair. But you know, I did ask myself, what can I do as as an overseas fan to like boost the women's team? And I mean, on a personal level, I don't think I could do much more because I talk about them here, there, and everywhere. But. I, I think a thing I would like to see is that, you know, we have as a club, these official supporter groups that do such a good job of hosting watch parties for the men's team, you know, building community around the men's team. And I just wish a little more of that could be spread to the women's team as well. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it, it is difficult because not as many of the women's games are streamed on like an accessible platform. So I don't, I don't know how easy it is to like get your neighborhood pub that you meet at to mirror the FA player to their TV screen necessarily. But the games that, you know, are on the more traditional platforms, um, like here in the States, it's uh, Paramount Plus gets a select number of games every year. Like I, I feel like supporters clubs should be hosting watch parties for those games as well. You know, like that's an easy thing to do. Um, yeah, and that's something and, we can do here for away games, frankly. Like, yeah, and, and you know, even yes, like we clubs go, but... across the UK, like outside of London, you know, that's a possibility. As, outside, um, of, outside of where, Caroline? I'm sorry. <laughs> in, in 17 London? Am I wrong? <laughs> I don't know what you mean. <laughs> but yeah, I think I don't want to like necessarily call anyone out, but I think there was a bit of lip service being paid at the start of last season in some some like fan fan content platforms saying they were going to do a better job of covering the women's team and they did not. Mm-hmm. Um, so if any of them are listening, just think about like actually following through this year. That would be great. <laughs> yeah. It's not, it's not hard. It's just watching football. We all love to do it. Like <laughs> literally what is more fun. Um, 
I think we might have actually finally come to the end now. Um, one, okay, actually, one last question. Two more questions, and then I'll let you go. Um, I want, what are you, both of you, what are you most excited about this season? And what are you, what, if anything, are you dreading, Lauren? Um, I think most excited um, will be seeing a team that has an identity and, and a way of playing and feeling like we're back on track to kind of growing the the club uh, upwards. You know, I think last summer was very much about, you know, closing the gap on the top clubs and it got bigger. So I'm, I'm excited to, to see that. Um, my, my heart, uh, well, my stomach always stinks. And I, I dread personally the big games at the big stadiums because I think it's quite hard to manage people's expectations about what they're going to see from the team. And why I know from a marketing marketing perspective, like getting the North London Derby or whatever it is at the stadium, my my concern is that people don't want to come back if they can't, if, you know, they, they see a team that's really struggling. Um, yeah, I don't want to get, I don't, I don't want the North London Derby at the stadium. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't want to get like, you don't want to get pumped. And especially mm. like, the, you know, they, they get picked up by the BBC, for example, and then people are flicking about, oh, look, Spurs are playing. Oh, we're rubbish. So mm. that, those are the kind of the bits that I, I kind of dread the most. Um, see, but hopefully we, you know, we, we play better football, so we will have, you know, less, less of those moments. But, Yes, I, I would kind of like to see the club maybe put the, the derby games and signpost people to Brisbane Road and try to kind of, you know, fill out those stands. Equally, I, I you know, ev- ev- all of the clubs are kind of trying to use the, the main stadium to kind of host more games. So I get it from a, you know, bums on seats perspective. But yeah, it's just... It's a tricky one. Maybe I love I love losing. going to the sta- yeah. yeah, I love going to the yeah. stadium, but I just I don't I don't I don't want to watch us get absolutely thrashed. It might be different this season though. We actually did all right the season before last. It was last season was pretty brutal. Um Caroline, buzzing slash terrified for what? I think I'm buzzing just that we have this opportunity for kind of a fresh start. It really feels like there's been change at the club, but in a positive way. You know, new leadership group, new manager, new playing style. Um, it's it's a chance to just kind of put that really difficult season last year behind us um, and never think of it again. Mm-hmm. And I think what I'm dreading is finding out if we can survive an injury crisis because it always seems to happen. <laughs> oh my God, um, I hadn't even considered I mean, that. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I'm just going to put a real big damper on the end of this conversation um and i guess we, we technically have already started it because beth is out so if we can weather that for a few weeks until she returns hopefully only a few weeks mm-hmm. um we'll have a better idea but yeah i just feel nervous about injuries as always yeah it's a pretty big deal um i'm just i'm excited to see us play to be honest i'm really i'm really really excited i i think i've i've watched like two Robert interviews now and I'm sold on the man and I really, really, really hope he can do what he says he wants to do with this team because I feel actually that is so important to have like, 
we've learned, if nothing else, it's so important to have a really good forward-thinking dynamic coach. And that means whatever players you have in, you really, really, really need that coach. So hopefully, hopefully, hopefully he is that guy. Before I let you go, quick fire, culture picks. Lauren, you first. Yep, so I'll be quick. I have been watching the last, well, the latest, but the last series of Sex Education um, this week, which is on Netflix. Um, yeah, not not amazing, but... Um, People have been slightly down on it, haven't they, after the highs of the previous seasons? Yeah, because they, they just introduced kind of a lot of new characters, which makes sense, I think, as a standalone series, but when you're kind of trying to wrap up storylines and then you've got loads of new ones because you've got loads of new characters, it's just felt a bit kind of out of place um, for, for how I thought the show would finish. But like, it wasn't a, like a bad series, just weird in the way that that's how they decided to to end it. But uh, mm. but yeah, I'm, I'm one of those people that I always commit to finishing shows. So I was oh, actually... you're a completist. Yeah. I used to be yeah. like that. And then I've realised I've got millions of shows that I just never finish watching. <laughs> yeah. So... I completed it at 1am. <laughs> yeah. Um, Caroline, what about you? Yeah, I'm trying to catch up on Foundation Season oh, 2. Okay. It, I, it came do, you, out like, do you recommend it? I... You know, I've got... I'm I'm really barely into season two now because I think it came out like right as the World Cup was going on. So I was mm. delayed in like, getting back into it. Um, and I think the script is kind of uneven and that some storylines are better than others, but I really am just fascinated by like the, the sort of empire storyline with Lee Pace and his, you know, the two other actors that play like the younger and older version of him. It's a really interesting concept. And I just think he's a phenomenal actor that I would watch. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and also the thing with their, their Android, um, Demerzel, it's like very, thorny like ethical problems that come up through her character and yeah I think that's the best part of the show hands down and it's lovely like very beautifully produced and shot and you know the Apple TV I feel like they never scrimp on those kind of details so no they do not they really yeah they like everything to look beautiful for sure um I am reading tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow which um, is a novel by Gabriel Zevin, which was recommended to me the other week by a friend. Um, and But I didn't realise it's apparently been like a massive hit and has been like, you know, number one in the book charts for about two years. So I'm very late to that party. It is really, really, really good. It's absolutely lovely about two kids who meet in hospital when they're about 10 and then like... However, many years later, they meet up again and they're both super into gaming, which I don't really care about, but they're obviously very creative and cool about it. Um, It's so brilliantly written. Um, I love the characters, uh, just the sort of little details are amazing. And if we hadn't been talking about the women's team for about five hours, that's what I would have been doing with my evening, just sitting down and racing through the rest of it. Um, But... This has been a joy. I've actually, I know we, it's it's been a bit of a roller coaster as things always are with Spurs and particularly Spurs women these days. But I feel very buzzing for Sunday, even if it's probably not going to end that well. But just overall, I feel pretty psyched for the season. So I'm excited to chat about it with you guys later on. 
Um, thanks so much, guys. Caroline, could you see us out? Up the spurs. Up the spurs.